Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast presented by the Union Tribune. I'm Kevin Acey. I'm at AT&T Ballpark. I cover the Padres. Jay Posner, my boss, he decides what I do. Right, Jay? Uh, I think you're giving me too much credit for what you do, Kevin. I, I think you decide mostly what you're doing. And how is that okay. covering the Padres going? We're, we're a month into the season. And uh, how, how would you assess what you've seen so far? It's uh, Well, personally, it's too early for me to be tired of it, um, <laughs> though I do see that, yes, covering the Padres in particular with the offensive woes, the frustration, uh, the justified frustration of the fans, um, it, it might seem like 12 months this six-month season. Um, though I will say this. Go ahead. This was – now, they won twice, unless I'm mistaken. But the past six games since Monday in Colorado, their best offensive week of the season in terms of on-base percentage, slugging percentage, and batting average. Now, they won two. They lost four. Their best offensive uh, so you go ahead and, and deduce from that. Since yesterday they had 11 hits and scored two runs. Well, I guess I had the great fortune of being at the games on Friday and Sunday. and, <laughs> and, and So I didn't see a whole lot of offense. Although, like you said, they did have 11 hits yesterday, although I left uh, after seven innings. There's only so much that, that I can take. Um, but I, I think the idea that they are are doing that and still – Got hammered in a couple games. Obviously, is mm-hmm. not a good is right. not a good sign. But if if that's a good week, I, I did think yesterday's game. You were talking about the season. Sometimes seems like it's been twelve months already. I think yesterday's game seems like it took about twelve hours. There was just like it was so languid from a pace it, standpoint. It just it was one of the longer ones too, in terms of the duration of it too. Because there have been some short ones that have seemed long. Because that's what happens when it's whatever seven to zero. You know, I left after of- I left after seven innings. Walked to my car, drove to the store near my house, picked up a couple things, went home, and got home in time to still see the end of the game. It just felt like it was never going to end, and I'm sure it was like that. For you, but as they say in baseball, or someone's probably said, there's always another game the next day. There generally is, and so right now I'm watching. Uh, it's early batting practice, and so the players have already taken their turns. And right now, does he Matt Stairs just hit a home run uh, to Levi's Landing? That guy can still hit at 50 years old. Does he have you know any eligibility can... left? Can he make Can he make contact? <laughs> you know who kid doesn't have a lot of pop is Andy Green. <laughs> he never He never did. Just look at his numbers. I do think his first hit was a home run, though. Isn't that funny? I think that's true. And didn't he end up with just like two or something, <laughs> yeah. uh, something like that? So no, I. It, it's funny. I mean, you know, Matt Stairs last year had a great impact on the Phillies. So it's not like you can say Matt Stairs can't coach people to do things. And yet there hasn't been much impact here, as we've talked about. Now maybe over the, you know, like you said last week, they they had a little more production. So maybe it's turning around, but. Uh, seeing the games I saw, you know, and especially yesterday was, you know, guys on base all day. And that one inning, what was it? The seventh where they had second and third and the game was over at that point, but still second and third, nobody out. And they couldn't even get one of those guys in, um, that, that kind of summed up the way that at least the way yesterday went. Well, and they loaded the bases in the first inning with two, two out walks. So two outs, but still Mm -hmm. it sort of set the, the, the tone, those were really good at bats, and it just set the tone for the day. Had some more really good at bats, 
did not get anybody home. Uh, and so, look, there's as we've talked about before, and we can, it can there's so many ways it manifests. There's zero margin for error, or very close to zero margin for error for this team. They can't be one for eleven with guys in scoring position. I mean, <laughs> because it's it's like virtually impossible to have eleven hits and and score two runs. Right. To have that many people in scoring position and and score two runs, and unless you know, obviously, you don't have very many hitters in this lineup. Uh, but look. And it's 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 not satisfying, but but if you came into this season with the expectation that it was going to be about progress and lack of progress, well, we're, we're, this season we're we're seeing uh, some things that you go, okay, fine, uh, Francis Cordero, maybe he's got something, right? And let me ask you this, Jay: you buy in Francis Cordero, or is he Ruben Rivera? Well, I, I would never put that tag on <laughs> on someone at this point. I, I'm not buying him yet. But I, I'm I'm buying the tools. I mean, we, we, he, he certainly has the tools. I'm not buying that he can make enough contact. But it's awfully impressive, as as you talked about last week and wrote last week. When he does make contact, it's very impressive. But I think it's still too early to say whether whether we can buy in completely on Franchi Cordero just you know just because of the strikeout rate. I mean, he made a great catch yesterday. Uh, in right field, you know, running all the way basically to center field. It's it's interesting to see two center fielders out there. And when Jankowski goes out there, it's almost like having three. Uh, but look, we don't have a whole lot of time today. I do want to get to the pitching and ask you about two guys. Okay. Brian Mitchell is one. Another struggle yesterday. It sounds like Andy Green is getting toward the Perdomo end of the rope uh, for him. And then the other one is Eric Lauer who gets his second start tonight in a much friendlier environment and, and just wondering what you've seen from him sort of between starts and if you've talked to him at all and, and what we can expect from Eric Lauer tonight. Well, it, talking to him is exactly what you would expect and, and the kid, you know, in terms of like saying all the right things and having really studied and it, it being really important to him. The story on Eric Lauer is that they wanted to see what they had in Eric Lauer. I mean, here's a guy who has rocketed through the minor leagues and was doing basically, it was like, we got to send him down because we don't have room. We don't know that he's going to come up here and be a effective major league starter. We think he can, but we have to find out. He has the kind of stuff, a 92 mile an hour fastball. Um, you know, he has the kind of stuff that you have to see it to see if it works. It's, it's not uh, 98 and, and moving all over the place. So that's what we're going to see. And I guess that then you would say that first start didn't do anything to, you know, while no one's putting much significance on it, it's not like it didn't disprove or it didn't say, Oh yeah, we know it can play here. So, I mean, every start for this kid, whereas Joey Lucchese had a, a, a gigantic leash. I think Joey Lucchese was basically the expectation was Joey Lucchese was here to stay once he got here. You know, he's going to get the season, right? right I don't right. think that's necessarily the case with Eric Lauer. There are other guys, um, uh, Brett Kennedy, uh, maybe even Walker Lockett, uh, that, that they, they want to see if Cal Quantrill can get his stuff together uh, in double A. So the leash isn't as long for him, but I'm not saying that if he has another bad outing tonight, he's gone. Um, Brian Mitchell, yes, that was exactly what I expected. You know, I write a game story immediately uh, going down, and I always like it when – what the manager then says doesn't change my story. And, and it was basically that, you know, the leash is getting real tight. I hate to keep using the leash analogy. It's all I got. Sorry. Um, and, and so Brian Mitchell, the reason that, that they haven't lost patience already and that it wasn't maybe as drastic or Andy didn't sound as completely exasperated is that Brian Mitchell is making changes. And moreover, Brian Mitchell hasn't been here as long and didn't get the chance in front of Padre's eyes, uh, at least as, as as long as Luis Perdomo had. I mean, so 
I don't think that he goes out and has one more start that's bad and it's done, but it's not too much longer than that for Brian Mitchell. Well, and I think the other part of it, how, or at least this is my read on it and, and what you think about it is, you know, this is a season where, yes, of mm-hmm. course, they try to win every game. Mm-hmm. But you got it. in the end, this season's not about winning a championship. Yes. And so Brian Mitchell's, I would think, would have a longer rope given the fact yes. that they they basically paid $13 million in, in someone else's salary to get him that he would have a longer rope uh, leash, however you want to put it. Uh, just because, look, if he has a couple, you know, you don't want to give up on a guy like this too early. And if he, if it means that you lose two more games, okay, you lost two more games. Uh-huh. And, and here's the thing, the 13 million, obviously Chase Headley's salary, it's, uh, and I think Brian Mitchell makes $550,000. It's that that's how much they believed in him. Now, of course, do they want to give that money away? No, but you know, they're not going to, they believed in him enough that they're going to give him nine, 10 starts. I, I don't know where that number's coming from, but when I was talking to people, when we weren't really seeing greatness in the spring and I was talking to people in the spring, it was like, look, the guy's going to get a couple months. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, worst case scenario. So we're through one month right now. So right. And I looked at 100% the, it, right. I looked at the schedule and it looks like if I figured it right and they stay on this rotation, he would end up with the Dodgers this weekend in Monterey he would. They would come home, and he would miss the Nationals. He'd face the Cardinals, and then he would get the last start of the next homestand against the Rockies. So that's Dodgers, Cardinals, Rockies in his next three games, one in Mexico, two at Petco. That would take him up to, what, about nine starts maybe? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, almost two months. And I, like I said, I'm just throwing it out there, but it seems like that might be a reasonable expectation for how much longer uh, hey, you I mean, honestly, you know, this is not blowing smoke. I, I respect your judgment. You're right about a lot of things. You are as impatient as any sort of hybrid, you know, sports uh, journalist fan. This, you just said what I've been saying about the season, that it's a reality. And I get, look, it's, it's frustrating. And, and, you know, this is not what necessarily what I want to be covering. But I, I do believe in, you know, at least letting the process play out. But the 2018 season is judged on this sort of thing and this is the time to find out so let me ask you is that is that okay with you not like okay like oh yeah this is what i want in my hometown team but do you are you still down with it now that we're seeing this season well i mean i am and i i mean i've made the decision as a as a fan and and even who does pay by the way you you i do i i for a mini package i pay for half the season and a package and i go to as many of those games as I can. And I, but I go mainly because I love baseball. I mean, I, I admit that it's not like I'm a, a huge Padres fan. Of course, it's better when the hometown team wins, but I, I think I, I'm fine with this plan. I, I wish they had started it a couple of years sooner. I didn't like the moves that they made uh, at the very beginning, uh, you know, in, in 15 with, with some of the let's try to win now moves. This is what they should have been doing all along. Amen. I'm okay with them trying this. I know it's frustrating. I, you, it's, you know, you, you, sometimes it's, I'm, I'm not sure why I go on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I'm sure people, other people wish I wouldn't go on it either, but I, I do think there are people who are very frustrated who want to see them win. Now that's not going to happen. We, we need to understand that's not going to happen. We need to accept this season for what it is and next season for what it is. But I do think that if, if you get through the 2019 season and we still haven't seen much progress, then I think that's the time after next season where you start asking the question, look, is AJ Proer the right guy for this? Is Andy Green the right guy for this? But I don't think on April 30th of 2018 that it's the right time to ask about these, to ask those questions. That's and just they, and how we, I feel. 
And the things that we will be asking about is Manny Margot, who they acquired. See, Hunter Renfro is not their guy. Um, you know, uh, Corey Spangenberg is not their guy. I'm not saying like they're not going to keep them. I'm saying that they're, we don't judge them on those. We judge them on their, you know, Craig Kimball for Manny Margot, Carlos Asuaje trade. We judge them on, well, Brian Mitchell, uh, and, and the totality of those moves. Those are the things that we do judge. Right. Uh, and all the sign, all the international signings and all, yep. the, and all the draft picks that they've, that they've had. And, and, you know, and obviously you have to judge them and whether this was all on AJ or not, and maybe we'll never know, you have to judge on the Trey Turner, Will Myers trade, uh, you know, is, is a part of it. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we know the whole story there. Uh, and maybe that's another discussion for another day. And the, the, the totality of all of those. I mean, Brian Mitchell can end up being a bust. If you go back and you look at what Theo Epstein did in Boston, uh, in, in Chicago, if you look at what, uh, uh, it's Jeffrey Luno, right? Uh, in in uh, Houston, mm-hmm. there were major mistakes. Oh, huge mistakes! That Houston passed on Chris Bryant. You and- have to hit on more, so you can you can screw up on. I'll just use yours. Let's say that that all of uh, that Will Myers uh, ends up on the DL twice a year, uh, and and you know is uh, is a two seventy hitter with twenty home runs, and you're he's the second highest paid Padre, and Brian Mitchell was a total bust. You wasted thirteen million dollars in a bunch of time, but if. Fernando Tatis and Luis Urias and and uh, three of the pitchers end up taking this team to the playoffs. Well, then that's what we're talking about. Absolutely, you can't judge on every individual move. I mean, if you pick one out, I mean that every every guy in the position that Preller's in now has made terrible moves. You you mentioned some of them. So no, I I, I just think at this point in time. It, People, it's hard to ask people to be patient, but I think that's where this oh, yeah. organization is. And all you want to see is is progress. I don't think we've seen a lot of progress so far, but we have seen signs of it. And like you said, Joey Lucchese certainly won. Maybe Cordero uh, is another. Christian Villanueva is a guy that you know is certainly fascinating to watch, and we'll see what happens with him. So now, last thing: Have you been? I don't know if shocked is right. What have you thought? Like during spring, it totally it seemed okay with a lot of us the situation because we weren't watching it. We were like, Oh yeah, great spring. And the prospects were playing and all these teenagers are playing in the infield and Oh yeah. And that's okay. We understand this, that 18 and 19 might not be that great. Well, now that it's horrific, it's like, no, this isn't any good anymore. Right. Well, I think we're, like I said, I think we're disappointed with just the quality of play so far as much yes. as, as anything. There's been some really, really bad games and some, some real disappointments so far, but you know, they, they did win three out of four against the Giants, and the Giants are next up on the schedule. So without looking too far into the distance at the, at the Dodgers, who were terrible last weekend, uh, you know, all you can, you can look at the next three games, and if they win two out of three up from San Francisco, who knows? It's, all, <laughs> it's, it's a long season, as we have said what? many times, and we'll continue to say. So, Kevin, enjoy, right. enjoy one of the great cities in the world, and travel safe to Mexico, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining the Hot Lava Podcast. This has been a production of the UT Podcast Network. Keep on the lookout for new episodes of America's Finest Fantasy Football with the UT's resident draft expert, Eddie Brown, and producer, John Kelly. Season 2 starts when NFL fever hits. And for other great shows, make sure you check out the San Diego Union Tribune.com slash podcasts. I'm producer Lara Hockley. Thanks for listening.